that's who he is. Hallelujah. Amen. There's nothing like uh, having a father that is has the mind of God. Fathers are very important in our lives. Amen. And that's why it's important for fathers, you that are here today, seek after and have the mind of God. You know, as men, we can get sidetracked sometimes and kind of all the pressures of life kind of just kind of rest on us and we uh, get diverted, our attention gets diverted. Amen. But uh, we have a Heavenly Father that's able to give us that peace and to be there. Beautiful songs like this that, was, that they have just sung kind of reminds us of that. And it doesn't hurt, a, hurt any of us to be reminded of that from day to day. Praise God. I want to say Happy Father's Day. Amen to all of our, our wonderful fathers here. And uh, future fathers. I can say future fathers because i got three teenagers here on the front row. Someday they'll probably, if the Lord tarries, they're all getting nervous now. <laughs> Sister Tanya's like, whoa. And, uh, but all of you, it's just, uh, you know, to watch kids grow up. I, uh, unfortunately, my father passed away when I was younger, 24 years of age. But uh, I still think about him often and my mother often. Uh, and uh, some of the things that they... Uh, lessons that they taught me and, and lived in front of me. That's the most important thing. So, <clears throat> Matthew the 13th chapter today. Matthew 13. Praise God. Matthew, Matthew 13, 3. I, I keep, I, I apologize to you if I, look, uh, if I, say to you already, shake hands or turn to your neighbor and say things of that nature. Just disregard that comment, okay? Be careful. Praise God. We are rejoicing in the Lord, and it's good to see you all. Brother John, it's good to see you here this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's give Brother John a hand clap today. We're glad to see him here today. Amen. Praise God. He's been... Uh, that's it. <laughs> That's all right. Thank God for it. Matthew 13, 3. The Bible says, He spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. A sower went forth to sow. Lord God, we thank you, amen, once again for your goodness, your mercy, your loving kindness that you have so graciously shown to us today. Lord, we thank you for everyone that's here in the house today, but Lord, today is Father's Day that we celebrate that time, each and every one of us. We think about our fathers, and God, I pray today, Lord, that your word would somehow spark something in us, amen, to let us be the best man that we can be, the best father we can be, amen, the best uh, young man that we can be, teenager, young adult, whoever we are, God, I pray that your word would minister to each and every one of us. Amen, that we, we accept the challenge of your word and, and, and go forward, amen, practicing it in our lives so it will have an impact on those that come behind us. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray and everybody say amen. 
God bless you, baby, seated. <clears throat> you know, when you travel or, or you go out into the country, you see uh, uh, the farmland. And uh, one of the things that interests me that I love about the farmland is, is the, the huge equipment that they use. Uh, you know, they got these big tractors, and they're not just uh, uh, like the little tractor that we used to have. These things are humongous. They, they pull these big, uh, uh, you know, uh, sets of discs and plows that seem to me almost like as wide as both of these sections of pews. And they, and, and they won't just have one of them out there, but they'll have several as they're going over many hundreds and even, even probably thousands of acres uh, to uh, uh, get the land ready uh, to plant, then plant the seed, and then allow uh, the growth season to come about. And I, I remember, though, I'm like, man, that's cool. They got air-conditioned cabins. They've got uh, all of this stuff that they're that they're that they're that they're see uh, that they that's at their fingertips uh, and and a, a lot of GPS equipment and and all these kind of things that they have and it looks really intriguing, but I also remember a conversation that I would have with my dad and some of his family about being raised on a farm, a man down uh, just outside of Mattoon, Illinois. And on that farm, I remember the stories of, of them telling me that dad and, and my grandpa would go and to another man's field, his name was Tess Daly, and uh, would clear the field of trees and rocks and, and all that so they could plant or have another field to plant crops in. It wasn't an easy job. They didn't have bulldozers. They didn't have bobcats. They didn't have all this different equipment. Uh, to uh, uh, use to make the job easier. No, they used horses. Amen. They used wagons. Uh, there was blisters on their hands. The heat of the day uh, would uh, uh, scald them, if I could say. Amen. So it wasn't easy, but they knew that the job had to be done. They knew that they had to stick with it until it was done. See, there. There are a lot of things that you can learn from just visiting the farm or visiting the field. Amen. And so today I want to speak to you for just a little while about some of the spiritual things, amen, that we can see from the eyes of a farmer. Amen. And so we look at our text and it simply informs us that a sower went forth to sow. Can you say that with me today? A sower went forth to sow. And he had a job to do, and that was to uh, uh, gain a crop from the field that he was working in. And so here today on Father's Day, I want to look at some of these things, some of these uh, 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 lessons that you and I can learn from the field. Number one, there is a responsibility of the sower. You have no crops if you have no sower. You have no sower if you don't have any seed. Amen. There's a purpose for this. One of the first things that the farmer will have to do uh, uh, with the ground is to take out his plows. Amen. And let the, the, the biting and the cutting uh, edge of the plow begin to rip into the soil and turn the soil over. And this soil may, may have uh, uh, lain there unattended for many uh, seasons or just maybe a single season uh, or maybe for a decade, uh, amen. But the same, it's all the same. The farmer has to bring the land under subjection. 
Amen. So they have to plow until the field is entirely covered. Amen. In other words, you don't work a little here and a little there and spend a couple weeks here or a month there trying to open the field. No, you work until the job is completed. So I'll go ahead and tell you how that, that, that you are going to get very, uh, that I'm going to tell you right now that you're going to get very weary in the job. Dust is going to fill your eyes. It's going to fill your nose and it's going to get in your ears. Sweat's going to run down your face and it's going to drip into your clothes. Blisters are going to come onto your hands and you're going to see them swell up and plows are going to get broken and you're going to have to repair them. Your bones are going to ache when you come in from the field from fatigue. You're going to find certain weariness that stays with you maybe even several days. And you find the frustrations from the mechanical failure of your equipment. Amen. It's always something going wrong at the wrong time. This is all part of what comes from working the field, from plowing the field, from tilling the field. There, there's a certain amount of perseverance that is going to be required for you as a husband, as a dad, as a brother, as a father. If you're going to find a harvest in your family, in your marriage, or in your home, it's going to take work. It's going to take the time. You're going to have to get in there with your hands, roll up your sleeves, and work at it. Is it going to be easy? No. But you don't do a little here, and you don't do a little there, and a little here. You work on it until the job is completed. Oh, let's clap our hands and praise the Lord this morning. Paul writes to the Galatians in chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. He simply says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Over in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and verse 58, here's what the word says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Therefore, your marriage is going to take some work. It's going to take some plowing. It's going to take some digging. Your children, amen, your children is going to need some cultivating. Come on. It's going to take time. Everybody say time. Your mind, your attitude is going to need to, to feel the bite of the bit. Amen. You're going to, your home will need to have the seed planted. Amen. And irrigated. It's a process. It takes time. But you've got to be willing to put in the effort and put in the time. Amen. To get the results that you're looking for. Amen. We can get men, we can get caught up in all kinds of other things. But I'm here to tell you right now that you got to keep the, the main thing, the main thing, as Brother Timmy would say, amen, you got to make sure you're focused and zeroed in, amen, on the most important things in your life, and that is your God and your family and your church. These are the most important things that you and I must have in our lives.
Oh, let's clap our hands again and praise him. He's worthy. There's going to be pain involved, folks. There's going to be pain involved in planting and process, the process of your life. Amen. Characters forged in the fire of contention and difficulty. You say, well, it don't matter. Yes, it does matter. Because your children will act accordingly. Amen. If there's not a good father, and I'm just going to throw in there, not a good mother. Amen. Your children are going to act accordingly. But as fathers and mothers, if we educate them and teach them how to properly uh, conduct their life, amen, it's going to be for all the better. Why? Because they will grow up uh, having good teachers in their lives uh, that taught them, uh, amen, how to approach life uh, and how, amen, to cultivate, uh, amen, and irrigate their life, uh, amen, where God can do wonderful things in them. It's very important uh, that you and I see this uh, from the eyes uh, of the ones that get in the field, uh, the lessons that they teach us. But there's going to be, let me say it again, there's going to be pain involved. The farmer will find that there are four types, and the scripture bears this out of ground that will pr be present in the fields. There will be good ground. How many has ever read about the good ground? Come on, good ground. How about the wayside or the thorny ground or the stony ground? Amen. We've read about that, right? The sword went, once, went forth to sow. You go on and read, it's going to tell you where the seed fell. Amen. So we understand the, that the work and the time of, uh, 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 of all three of these wayward soils can be turned. It can be turned into good ground, but you've got to work it. You can't say, well, it's stony ground. Nothing's going to happen. It's thorny ground. Nothing's going to happen. No, you've got to be determined, uh, amen, that you're going to go out. Amen, like my dad did back on the farm and many of your, uh, some of your dads and uh, grand folks or whoever, and they went down in those fields and, and those rock bottoms and, and they were clearing the rocks out and the trees out. Why? Because they could envision a, a field that would produce a crop that would meet the needs of the people and their family. Don't give up. Even if it looks calloused and hard, and some, you might think uh, that nobody, they're not, nothing's going to change their lives. Uh, amen. Let me stop and tell you, uh, don't look at them the way they are, but look at them of what they can become. So let me give you something here. Let's look at these three, the, way, the wayside. Let me give you a definition of the wayside. This is the ground that becomes hard and packed down because of the constant traffic along the edges of the field. Amen. Busyness, hurry sometimes. When we look at those things, amen, they, they simple, the simple responsibilities of life will cause this ground uh, to not bear fruit. It's not usable in this condition that it is. Amen. Before the seed ever really has the opportunity to take root, then you hear about the birds. The birds have come and they've devoured the seed. Amen. So you got to guard it carefully against the busyness that robs your God and your family. You can allow your life to become so busy that it just tramples down the soil of your life and everything 
what it usually happens is when the seed is spread forth in his word, it just kind of hits and bounces. Or when the rains come, it's so hard that the rain just washes anything off of it. Amen. And we're satisfied with that. But I, I don't think that, that we need to be satisfied with the wayside, the busyness of life. Sometimes you got to stop for just a moment and take in the things of God and keep that wayside, amen, that, that, that's getting so hard, amen, get it nimble, get it freed up, amen, get it to where there's something can be done in that life again. The thorny ground. This is the ground that comes about by the trappings of materialism. Pursuit of money and the niceties of life at the expense of your God and your family. Understand, do not, do not labor to be rich, but rather labor to be saved. The last things of this life are the things that cannot be touched by rust, by robbers, by moths. Amen. Understand today that there is a huge, a huge uh, deceitfulness in the pursuit of riches, especially at the expense of your family. Read about it. You'll read something every day that's going on with somebody that's well-known in Hollywood or, 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 or in uh, uh, big parts of society, uh, amen, socialites and all them. And, and I, I, I scratch my head sometimes when I read uh, about what's happened in their life and how they've died or, or committed suicide or this or that. And in my head, I'm thinking, how in the world could you ever get to that place? Uh, you've got anything and everything you want. You've got the cars you want to drive, the houses you want to live in. Uh, you go on the vacations that you want to go in uh, around the world. Uh, amen. Everything's at your fingertips, but yet you're not happy. Folks, I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be them. It can be you and I. It can be you and I. We can walk around uh, not being happy. Uh, amen. This, that, and everything else, but we're never happy. Uh, I'm telling you why we're not happy. Uh, it's because we're not tapping in uh, to the Spirit of God. Uh, amen. And allowing God to work our field. Uh, amen. Where we can not only, we can not only let Him work in our field, uh, but in turn, it blesses our family. Let's look at the stony ground. This is the ground that is accompanied by a certain hardness of heart. Have you ever seen that person? Have you ever seen that person when the power of God is coming down so strong, Brother Howard, they're coming down so strong, the power of God's moving, and yet they're unmoved. Unmoved, unaffected by the rain that's falling down, by the seed that's being sown. Amen. Unaffected by it. hardness of heart. Amen. Nothing affects them. Amen. They're not allowing anything to happen in their life. Amen. But the stony ground is, is marked by apathy. Amen. Let me tell you something. Give us men that can cry. A lot of us men, we say, ah, I'm not worried about, I'm not, you know, I, I don't cry. 
I don't cry. Give us men that can cry. Give us men that can weep. Give us men that can fall on their knees and pray for their family and their, and their church. Amen. Their marriage. Give us men that can stand in the front lines and in the trenches and say, we will not bow down. We will not back up. Amen. We will be pliable in the hands of God. Give me men that can stand the test of time and not be vulnerable to the ways of the world and not be caught up in them. But give us men that can be moved on by the Holy Ghost, that can be moved on by His Spirit, that will change the very essence of their life. Oh, let's clap our hands and praise Him again this morning. Tears are not a sign of weakness. They're a sign of strength. Well, if I, if I get close to God, God, that, 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 that'll make me vulnerable. That'll make me weak. Hogwash. Getting closer to God will make you strong. You'll have a, you'll have a strength in you like you've never felt before. Because when the, when the cares of life come blowing your way, when the winds and the storms of this world start blowing you away, amen, you will have a rigid backbone that says, I will not back down. I will not falter. I will not fail for my God is with me. So, there's the plowing and the planting. Now, here's the one that Man, this gets every one of us. We got to get this floor fixed for crying out loud. This is the thing. You ready for it? It's going to blow you away. There's a process called weeding. You're quiet. How many's done weeding before? Right? You get out, get on your hands and knees, and you weed. My mom, my mom had a hoe that my dad would sharpen every so often, and she would take that hoe and get around those plants, tear those weeds up. Hey, man, rip them up. Why? Because you can't let those weeds grow in the in amongst the plants and the crops because it will end up sapping the energy or the energy, the nutrients, amen, that the plants would have and they won't, they'll be overtaken by them. You see, farmers understand how, to, how crucial it is to make sure that the weeds don't corrupt, amen, or stifle the crops. Now today, like I said before, you'll see these big, huge machines pull in, these big old cultivators and I call them de-weeders you know they'll drop them down in the rows and and they'll go and and they'll 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 do fertilize and do all this kind of stuff whereas you and I us peons that don't have that kind of equipment we have to go in it's work you got to get hold of it I don't have any plants up here I'd pluck a few of them you got to get a hold of that weed, and you got to pull it out. It's crucial.
It's crucial to the growth of that plant, the beauty of that. So the farmer understands that there's this great power that comes from the soil. And the soil will grow something. Hear me today. The soil will grow something. If it is simply just left by itself, left alone in the field, the field, it will be overtaken by weeds. It will be overtaken by thorns. Jesus knew that, and so he spoke in parables. He was telling them, using, using life, using nature to show them, look at this. The sower went forth to sow. He's got wayside. He's got, he's got uh, uh, stony ground. He's got the thorny ground. He's got the good ground. He's got these different grounds. But look at this. Uh, amen. Understand what this is all about. Because if you don't, folks, in the spiritual sense in us, if we don't do something about the weeds in our lives, they will grow up and overtake the spiritual that's in your life. You say, is that important, Pastor? Yes, it is. Because if you're not diligent about keeping the weeds out of your life, amen, because understand God has entrusted you God has entrusted you, God's entrusted me to care, amen, to work, amen. Sometimes you'll get there in near desperation, amen, but you've got to understand that farming the land, amen, and taking care of it, it's going to bear a crop, amen. Understand that. The soil is going to grow something. His loyalties lie with the land. The farmer's loyalties lie with the land, and he realizes that there's something that can be done, amen, of the ground if, if it will if, if you weed the ground, there are times that it appears that the weeds outgrow what has been planted on a ratio of 10 to 1. I can vouch for that. I can vouch for that. It looks good today. You come back five days from now and you're thinking, what in the world happened? Let me stop and tell all of us today, our fathers, our, our young men, our young adults, uh, amen, all of us today, because this applies, amen, amen. If you think that you're going to pray one day and go four or five days without praying, uh, amen, another four, five, six, eight, ten days without reading the Word of God and expect you to go back into that field uh, and see that everything's still growing properly, uh, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. Why? Because the cares of life, things that's going on, amen, all those other days are going to be sowing seeds, uh, going sow weeds, uh, amen, into your life. Uh, and before you know it, uh, amen, coming to church is not important anymore. Going praying is not important anymore. Reading the Word of God is not important anymore. Amen, being a father that we need to be uh, is not important anymore. Amen, loving like we should love is not important anymore. And therefore, all of a sudden, uh, if it's not corrected uh, in short form, uh, it will overtake Take everything that's spiritual in your life and you will die amongst the thorny ground, the stony ground, or the wayside. You will die. You gotta, folks, you gotta be loyal to it. Everybody say loyal. Things. Things that don't bear fruit will generally, you know, they'll just, amen. They'll just grow in the field. And the, bearing, and, and, and the fruit bearing appears to always be on the trend of slow growth. Amen. Weeds grow fast, right? 
Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, are you, are you a weedy person? Are you a weedy person? Amen. When God looks into your field, does he see a bunch of weeds? Uh, or does he see something uh, that will promote the glory of God? This is Father's Day, right? I better leave this stuff alone. But men, if we're not strong, our families are going to struggle. Can I say that again? Men, if we're not strong, our families are going to struggle. Our hearts are so much like a piece of ground. There will either be flowers or there will be weeds. There will be fruit or there will be thorns. They'll, they'll come up. That is why the scriptures from Proverbs mean so much to every man here today. Let me read you Proverbs 4.23 and also Proverbs 22.5. 4.23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 22.5 says, thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. You see, no farmer will ever remove the weeds from his fields merely the, the, with good intentions. Amen. The weeds in your life will not just disappear because we have a great service. Spirit of the Lord's in this place today. Amen. During worship service, you can feel, amen, the hearts and lives of people. But the weeds won't disappear just because you have a good service or a good worship service like that. Amen. They, 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 they disappear because good worship service and relationships with God motivate us to get in the field of our heart and clean the things out. It's about motivating us to be, become active in the field. I come to the last part here today. I've probably gone a little bit too long. Irrigation. Water, water, water. There are the times that the Spirit may, for some reason or another, find a withdrawal in life. It is at this point that we learn how to irrigate and bring water to the fields artificially. Come back from Indiana, and uh, there's a route that I like to go. I only go it if my wife's not with me or anybody else, because they like to get home. Get on the interstate, put the pedal to the metal, and let's get home. But coming, I will come back uh, from your mom and dad's and, and our son's place, there's a road called County Line Road, and I'll take it to where it goes to stop line, st a, a stop, a three-way stop, actually a two-way stop. I'll make a right, and I go that back road. It takes me through the country and brings me out. The only way I can tell you what brings me out at is to be a little carnal here. It brings me out over to the, the casino over by in Shelbyville, so I cut across that route. But on that route, I love that route because these big open fields, brother, Tyler, open fields, and they've got these mammoth machines out there, these arms stretching out, these big, big, tall wheels. And I've never seen them activated before, but when I came through the other day this time, I seen it. It was their irrigation. That thing would move big arms way out there. I'm talking about probably at least 100 yards or more, and those things would begin to operate and move. 
and it would be putting this spray, this water, out onto the fields. Irrigation. That's a big operation. A small operation is when we're out in the front yard yesterday and my wife grabs the hose and she starts watering the flowers in our front yard. Why? Because when the sun beats down on them and there's no moisture on them, the flowers, have you ever seen them? They begin to wither up. Amen. But all of a sudden you'll water the flowers and you'll come back a little while later and what do you see? The flower petals have expanded. They've gotten the water. They've got the irrigation that they need. Here I'm telling you, you can plant all the crops you want, but if they're not irrigated, they won't grow. They might grow for a little while, but they will die. They won't produce. It's the Spirit of the Lord, amen, that moves in our lives. Amen. Dry days, dry nights definitely call for our actions. Amen. To go beyond the ordinary. You've got to find something, a way to supply the water in your life. Amen. It's not going to come. It's going to come from God. When you feel burdened, amen, to fast and pray for your children. Amen. You're irrigating the crops for tomorrow. Pastor, that's not important. Let me stop and tell you something right now. See these kids over here? I got three on the front row. I got three that's asleep. Amen, back there. They're like, Pastor, you're going too long. We're supposed to be in Sunday school getting treats and Kool-Aid and all that kind of stuff. Amen. But you know what? What's happening right now? See these kids around here? When you pray for them, when you fast for them, you are, you, you are preparing their soil and you're preparing for the days that are going to be drought. Amen, that the Spirit of God will fall on them, will, will protect them. Amen, and the angel of the Lord will camp around about them and give them peace. It'll fall on them. Amen, don't take that for granted. Don't take that for granted. Amen, because look, you, you never know what they're going to go through. They're, you say they're young, they're nimble, they're this or that. Hey, look, folks, amen, there, there can be problems in their life as well. They can go through all kinds of stuff. Some of the kids get bullied at school. Some of the kids go through all kinds of different things that they may never tell you. Amen, because they just don't, you know why they don't tell you? Because they know mom is going to go down to the principal and make a big stink about it. Come on, let's just be honest. <laughs> They're going to go in and say, you know, this is my kid and my kid's perfect and my kid did this, didn't do this and my kid didn't do that and all of a sudden somebody's wanting to say, well, you evidently don't know your kid. Right? Because let me say it real, let me just say it quickly here and I'll move on. Amen. It has psychologically impressed my life for the rest of my life. If I got in trouble at school, boys, if I got paddled at school and it wasn't this little whack, whack. No, it was a, you know, it was like, it was almost, it, it was almost like the tee off, you know, in golf, you know, where they come back like this and boom. Yeah, that's about what it looked like, just one-handed, you know, just a whack. Whack. He's looking up, waiting for you to be planted on the wall. Whack. He's looking how far you're going to go. I didn't play around with you, Brother Walt. They pegged you, right? Oh, yeah. You educators in the house today, you know that won't happen now, right? But here's the deal about it. If I got the wax at school, I got the wax at home.
Come on now, folks. Amen. Our society is struggling with all that stuff right now. But I'm here to tell you, I'm a better man for it. They did not do it as, 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 as somebody wanting to abuse me. No, you know, as my mom would say, God gave you that. Your backside. My mom used to call it your hiney. She would say, I'm going to bust your hiney. That's what that's there for. Not your face. Come on, to, some, to parents, I just want, I want to let you know. I'm, I'm, I'm digressing really quick here on Father's Day, but listen, listen, our country, really honestly, our country is in a bind right now because we've got all this stuff about, about kids. You can't do this, you can't do that. And so our schools are all in turmoil over all of this. We have to understand that if we want the next generation to survive, they have to be molded in times of trouble. Irrigation. Everybody say irrigation. All right. If somebody will come up here, I'll quit. The last thing, harvest. There's a whole lot that goes to the harvest. The farmer watches over the crops daily. Intent. Amen. To any sort of fungus or broken down fence or other areas that need the irrigation. Now let me give you seven distinct laws of the harvest, which is, you could, you could preach about this for a while. They are, number one, we reap the same kind as we plant. I plant corn, I get corn. I plant beans, I'm going to get beans. I don't, I don't plant beans and get corn. In fact, how many have been in a bean patch and all of a sudden you've seen a corn stalk? Right? You know why there's a corn stalk there? Because somehow a grain of corn got in that batch. Number two, we reap, we, we reap much more than we have planted. We reap in different seasons than we planted. We plant in the spring, we reap in the harvest, the harvest in the fall. We reap in proportion as we have planted. We reap only if we preserve. We reap much that we did not plant. See, you cannot do anything about last year's harvest. Last year's harvest has come and gone. If you leave it in the field, it will be no good. I don't know about you, but I'm going to quit right here. Let's stand together. I'm going to say this in closing. I'm going to stay in the field. I'm going to stay in the field. I'm going to read you a letter by Dr. James Dobson. Focus on the family. How many members focus on the family? James Dobson. 2002. Let me read this to you and I close. He said, finally, I want to share a personal story told by John Quartz. He said when he was 16 years of age, he and his younger cousins went to visit his grandfather's farm. They couldn't wait to get there and go into the fields. They wanted to pitch hay and ride on the tractor. It sounded like a lot of fun. But the grandfather was reluctant to let them go. 
So they whined and they begged until finally he said to John, you are the eldest. You can take the kids to the field if you promise not to bring them back early. You must keep them out there until the end of day. John said, I'll do that, grandfather. So they all got on the hay wagon and the tractor and pulled them out to the field. Very quickly, the kids got tired and they started complaining. It was, it was hot. It was sticky. We're miserable. And they began to ask to go back to the house. John said, no, grandfather told me to keep you out here. At lunchtime, they were exhausted. Most of them were agitated. It was very hot. The hay was down their backs and they were itching and they wanted to go back. But again, John said, no, grandfather told me to keep you out here. About three in the afternoon, a big black storm cloud came over and the kids got scared and some were crying. Please, they begged. Let us go home. Still the answer remained, no. You got to stay out here for a little while longer. And around five o'clock, John said, all right, it's time to quit. He got them all on the hay wagon and they went back to the house. And after they had had their baths and been given something to eat, they rested for a little while. Grandfather praised them for warm, them warmly for, for the work that they had done. Then they became very proud of themselves. That's when grandfather told John why he wanted them to stay in the field. He said, this farm has been successful through the years for one reason. We stayed in the field when we felt like coming in. We did what we needed to be done even when we wanted to quit. That is why I wanted the kids to have a satisfying experience of staying with something through the day. 2 Timothy 4, 6-8 says this. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight, I finished the course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I say this here to end this Father's Day service. I don't know about you, but I'm going to stay in the field. I don't know about you, but I'm going to stay in the field. Because that's the only way the field is going to be tended to. That's the only way the field is going to be taken care of. It's the only way it's going to be able to grow things in the proper way. Is somebody, somebody taking care of the field. So this morning I know in the midst of all this, COVID and all of that, I want to say to you today that as we close this out and as we sing and as we worship God, I would like for us all over this building, if you feel like you'd come to the altar, you're fine. Just space yourself out. But if not, everywhere you're at, we're going to sing. I want us to raise our hands. And I want us to sing the song along with them or pray. You know God can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost this morning. You know God can heal somebody's body. Amen. God's able to do. Amen. What we ask Him of. Come on for a little while. Just raise your hands. Oh, young and old. Young and old. Young and old.
Christmas.